Hey, Story Most Queer listeners, it's Leah. Hope y'all are doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, washing them hands. I cannot stress that last part enough. Just wanted to let you know a couple things at the top of the episode. First of all, you've noticed that we've had a couple off weeks. Uh, we're doing a bit of rationing here in the corona times um, just to make sure that we are, you know, able to sustain a bit as we all, you know, go through uh, this this new world order together. So um, it's looking like we might be bi-weekly for the next couple of episodes. So sorry in advance, but uh, you understand, right? Like, it's a weird time. <laughs> uh, but today's episode is really adorable and cute, and you're going to love it. Um, but before we get to that, I wanted to take a moment to let you know a couple of things. First off, Mischief Media has launched a brand new podcast. Hooray! See what I'm saying? Even if it's a new world order, we never stop with that content creation. The new podcast is called Healthy Geek Academy, and it sort of marries traditional nerd and geek fandom with, you know, wellness and health and and mental health and all of that other stuff. Uh, It's hosted by Robin Warren of Geek Girl Strong, who is an awesome badass health educator and super nerd and she's she's one of our favorite people and we've been trying to get a podcast going with her forever and it's it's worked out and we're really 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 excited that she's now finally joining us on the network so you can check out the first two episodes of the healthy geek academy right now uh just go to your podcast of a choice wherever you're listening to a story most queer right now and just search for healthy geek academy or if you search mischief media fun fact all of our podcasts will pop up isn't that cool right so neat the other thing i wanted to let you know about is that we have a merch site did you know uh it's mischiefs overall so it's not just related to the podcasts but uh our events and also like general nerdy stuff and right now we've got a really cool lineup that you might dig Uh, It's called the Socially Distant Line. There's Zoom University sweatpants. There's a what day is it mug. We've even got uh, stickers and t-shirts with the design that say several people are typing. You know, everything that you keep coming across now that you are stuck in your homes and working from there. Um, And actually, you know what? That's not fair. For those of you who aren't stuck in your homes because you're essential workers and you're, you're sort of keeping us all going... Thank you. Please still enjoy the socially distant line with the rest of us. Indulge in the memes. But if you are out there because you got to be, A, I hope you're staying safe, or at least as best as you can. Uh, And B, thank you. Sincerely, thank you. I'm sitting here making podcasts, and you are literally keeping the rest of us going. So you can check out that line by going to mischiefmerch.com slash socially distant. And one more time, just because I can and I have your attention, patreon.com slash making mischief. That's our Patreon. So if you like what you hear in A Story Most Queer or you like any of our other shows on the network, please head there and uh, if you can, become a patron today. Welcome to A Story Most Queer, where every week we bring you a new story about queer characters and lifestyles written by queer authors, narrated by queer voices, pocket-sized queer stories for everyone. A Story Most Queer is brought to you by Mischief Media. Today's story is You Had Me at Hello, written by Jess Maggio and read by Josh Wickey. He sat down across the table, which wouldn't have meant anything to Caleb if it hadn't been for the briefcase. You see a wide range of people on college campuses and, in accordance with that, wide variations in dress. It's just a feature of this transitory period. Students go from wearing a sweater with elbow patches one day to running shorts and a muscle tee the next, and a blazer over top a plaid shirt with a tie the day after that. 
so it wasn't uncommon to see a student in a suit, even if it was well-fitted as the one this guy was wearing. No, suits were normal. It was the briefcase that was conspicuous. The briefcase made Caleb wonder if the guy was a student after all. Maybe he was just a very young-looking professor, or a visiting ambassador of business, or some rich kid on an assignment from his rich father to see the new wing of the library his family had donated. He looked like his name could be Edgar or Franklin, the full name, never Ed or Frank, and he looked like this briefcase was not the only one he owned, nor the most expensive. A briefcase was leagues above standard student carry-ons. Caleb himself suddenly moved his satchel from the table to the seat next to him, hoping the newcomer hadn't noticed the coffee stain on the bottom or that the book bag itself was made from recycled rice bags. Caleb's satchel was usually quite the talking point, made Caleb look interesting, but he thought this time he'd come at the situation from another angle. This guy was too elegant for eco-friendly accessories. The setup. Elegant, tall, attractive man sits across the table from a scruffy college student wearing a hoodie that's seen better days and a bad case of bedhead despite the fact that it was four o'clock in the afternoon. He had to have a reason for picking the seat, despite these apparent differences. Him with his strong jaw and smooth, dark skin chose the seat across from Caleb with his flushed cheeks and cracked, twitchy hands. That was a hook. Caleb could see how this would play out. Edgar would settle into his seat his perfect posture a contrast to Caleb's own slump over his laptop, he would smoothly open his briefcase, taking out... something. Caleb didn't know enough about him to say what that something would be, but in Caleb's mind, it would be papers. He'd be shuffling, importantly. So the man, boy, student, would shuffle his papers, pointedly yet distractedly, until he looked up and caught Caleb's eye. Caleb would blush, embarrassed to have been caught looking, but Edgar would hold his eye, smirking welcomingly, his upturned lip inviting Caleb to join in the joke. Caleb would smile back, still embarrassed, but emboldened enough to reach across the table with an open hand and say, Hi, I'm Caleb. All of this, this whole scenario Caleb concocted was imagined in the second between the guy in the suit pulling out his chair and lowering himself into it. Caleb had no patience to wait for the embarrassed glances or the imagined paper shuffling he was ready to start the story now. Hi, I'm... Caleb had not accounted for the full cup of hot tea the guy had set down on the table. His open hand smacked right into it. Starbucks should really consider looking into more secure cup lids because this one popped right off, releasing the scalding contents to flow freely over the table. There wasn't another student for a three-cheer radius, but everyone at the table leapt back anyway, snatching at their various electronics to save them from the damaging liquid. Caleb snatched his laptop with the retreating hand that had caused the damage in the first place, hurriedly grabbing for the falling cup to try and salvage the spill, and failing spectacularly. In fact, Caleb's interruption of an otherwise natural and graceful arc of the cup falling to the table disrupted the contents even more, successfully burning his own hand and somehow the other guy's face in the act. That hot water could get some serious air. It didn't seem like briefcase guy knew what to panic about. He was probably in pain from the hot water's contact with his skin, but he seemed more concerned with the state of his nice suit, which was now sporting some fabulous wet patches on his sleeves and tie and his briefcase, which Caleb had to assume was made of real and really expensive leather from the way the guy was fussing about it. 
Caleb could barely focus on the litany of apologies he was spouting, fumbling to put his laptop in his bag and too embarrassed to really know what he was saying. Caleb ended up trailing off with a muttered something about napkins as he watched the guy flounder. He scurried off before he could see if briefcase guy had acknowledged him in any way, getting lost in a montage of previous times he'd righteously fucked up. There was that guy who was working concessions at the movie theater that Caleb was sure was flirting with him. Zeke. Caleb spent the entire film thinking about what he'd say to him when he left the auditorium. He'd talk about how he liked the film, making something up as he wasn't really paying attention to it. And he'd ask Zeke if he'd seen it, and then ask him if maybe he wanted to watch another one with Caleb, and they could talk about it over coffee or something suitably kitschy. But when Caleb made his way back out to the concessions in the lobby, Zeke wasn't there. This would have been fine if Caleb hadn't gone up to the counter and asked the new worker where Zeke had gone. He left. She looked bored. Her name tag said Naomi. Clocked out about a half an hour ago. This would have been fine if Caleb hadn't asked if Zeke had mentioned him. Naomi raised an eyebrow. Mentioned you? Are you a friend of his? Um, Caleb shifted on his feet. Maybe? Are you sure there's not a note from him or something? For Caleb. That was not fine. That was awkward and embarrassing. Naomi still looked bored, but also disgusted. Do you even know, Zeke? Caleb shrugged. Ooh, we had a moment. Get the hell out of here. Caleb did. There had been that girl at the library that Caleb was sure liked him. Grace. She'd been looking for a place to sit and read and had asked him if the seat next to him was free. Her voice sounded off, her speech unpracticed. So Caleb told her it was free through both speech and sign language. She was delighted to meet someone who could sign and explained to him that she was a gifted lip reader, but it was nice to communicate this way for a change. Caleb was sure it would turn into something. A boy who could sign meets a deaf girl and they just so happened to be reading in the library at the same time? But when Caleb tried to give Grace his number, she smiled, embarrassed, and told him she had a boyfriend. This would have been fine if Caleb hadn't asked if her boyfriend was deaf too. Grace looked mildly irritated, like she got this question a lot, but knew Caleb meant well. No, he's hearing, she signed. It was pretty rough at first while he was still learning to sign, but he's better now. This would have been fine if Caleb hadn't expressed how hard that must have been for her. She looked more than mildly irritated this time. More like mildly pissed. It's really not that big of a deal. We're past it. Caleb tried to make his face look sympathetic. Still, I'd hate for his blundering to make evident your disability. That was not fine. That was few too many steps too far. There was no mild about it anymore. Grace was pissed. Her gestures got broader and harder to read, certain words sharpening intensely with emphasis. I am not disabled, and this really isn't any of your business. You don't get to feel self-righteous or like we have some special connection because you can sign. Lots of people can sign. You're not special. Caleb tried to apologize or argue back, but Grace turned from him so she couldn't see his hands or mouth, effectively cutting him off. She spoke as well as signed over her shoulder as she walked away. Go to hell. Caleb considered it. And then, of course, there was Meg. 
This one wasn't some chance encounter. This was a girl Caleb kind of knew from classes or mutual friends or whatever. He could definitely pick out her face in a group picture and say, yep, that's Meg, even without knowing her major, her hobbies, or even her last name. So when she came up to him at a party, a party that Caleb was only attending because he was the only person he trusted to commit to being designated driver, and started viciously making out with him, he at least didn't have to wonder who this person was that started kissing him apropos of nothing. Yep, that's Meg. That, by itself, wouldn't have caught Caleb's interest. Drunk people make out at parties all the time, regardless if Caleb was actually drunk or not. If not for what she said next. Sorry about that, I just needed to piss off Luke. Caleb had no idea who Luke was, but he was familiar enough with the plot The can you pretend to be my boyfriend for five minutes was straight out of Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. This would have been fine if Meg hadn't started leaving immediately after Luke had looked away. Is that it? Caleb had asked, just refraining from grabbing her arm to stop her from leaving. She stopped anyway, her mouth quirked in a condescending amusement. Is what it? You got a problem? Caleb chose not to bring up the issue of consent and how he did not consent to the kiss. It was never an issue in the movies. This would have been fine if Caleb hadn't tried to get her to stay. Meg's smile turned from condescending to cruel. Meg's smile turned from condescending to cruel. What? Did you think we'd had this bonding moment and now we're going to go off and have some romantic adventure? That had been exactly what Caleb had thought. That was not fine. That was a whole new level of pathetic. He didn't even like Meg. She snorted as she walked away. Get a life, Clarence. His name wasn't Clarence, but Caleb thought he'd try. When Caleb got back to briefcase guy with the napkins, he already seemed resigned to a damp tie and ruined leather. His briefcase was open and Caleb was mildly satisfied to see that there were papers in there, along with an iPad and what Caleb considered to be an unreasonable amount of Tic Tacs. Not even the good ones either, Caleb noted. They're the shitty cherry ones. Caleb was sure the judgment didn't show in his face, but he put on a look of sympathy anyway. I'm really, really super sorry about this. The embarrassment had come back full force and Caleb didn't even need to try to make his voice sound pathetically apologetic. The guy finally looked up at him, accepting the napkins with a tight-lipped smile and a bob of his head. Caleb wasn't entirely emboldened by the gesture, but he proceeded anyway. Hi, he began, trying to get back the feeling he'd had before of starting something. I'm Caleb. He was halfway to extending his hand for a handshake before remembering the situation they were in. He dropped it lamely and cleared his throat. <clears throat> Let me at least buy you another tea, Caleb offered. I know the barista's here, it won't be ten minutes. The guy was shaking his head before Caleb had even finished his sentence, blotting himself with the napkins. No, that's okay. His voice was not as deep as Caleb had expected. It wasn't even as deep as Caleb's own voice and smoother where Caleb sounded rough. Please, let me. Caleb winced at his deep gravel, wishing his voice wasn't so grating. Like every word had already lived three lives before it made its way out of his mouth. It's my fault you haven't had your tea. Yes, it is, the man, student, guy agreed harshly. But I don't really have time to assuage your guilt, so thank you for the offer and the napkins, but I think I'll be going. Caleb was still standing behind his chair, hands full of napkins, as he watched Edgar or Franklin snap his briefcase closed and stride away, leaving his empty Starbucks cup and Caleb behind him. The other people at the surrounding tables weren't looking at him exactly, 
but he could feel their awareness of him as he slowly sank back into his chair. The guy hadn't really cleaned up the mess on the table, too concerned with his own things, which meant that the hot water had dripped onto Caleb's seat and his bag on the seat next to him. Caleb could feel the wet spot through the thin fabric of his yoga pants, but he wasn't worried. He never wore anything to campus anymore. He wasn't afraid to fuck up. One more stain probably wouldn't hurt. Caleb set to clearing up the puddle on the table. After he'd thrown away the napkins and empty cup, Victor had been the name on the cup. Caleb could see Victor. Caleb opened his laptop back up and hovered over the assignment he'd been working for before briefcase guy, Victor, interrupted everything. It was a simple assignment. Give an account of the significant events in your main character's life from childhood to just before your story begins. Caleb had been excited about it, so he was starting it early, but now... Caleb waffled for a bit before closing out of his assignment and opening his blog. He absolutely needed to post about what had just happened. Later, later that month, later that year, later that very same day, later, Caleb was cold. He was so cold and he didn't bring a hat and the wind was ripping the skin from his mouth and soon he'd just be a frozen grinning skull. So he called a lift. Well, calling is outdated, like one would say you call for a cab. Lift's an app, but isn't sending for one also calling? Like when gentlemanly folk in Austenian times would come calling, they weren't literally calling. Caleb was waiting for a lift, reluctant to be out on the sidewalk, but not wanting his lift driver to miss him. He never really used Lyft, and he wouldn't be now if not for his very real fear of the cold taking two giant bites from his ears. He was rather fond of his ears. He watched the little car on the app get turned around and confused on campus. The app told him what model of car to look out for, but it didn't give Caleb any actual helpful information like it's a blue car or your driver will be wearing a headset. A car exactly like that, blue and the driver was wearing a headset, had been up and down the street in front of Caleb for a couple of minutes, so Caleb took the shot and approached. Are you my lift? He was still across the street from the car, so he had to shout a little for the driver to hear him. I don't know, am I? He called back. Caleb? He pointed at himself, hopefully, and the driver smiled. I'm Charlie. Hi, Caleb, hop in. Caleb huffed a sigh of relief and crossed the street. Before he could open the back door, though, he heard someone calling his name. Caleb! He didn't recognize the voice, and when he looked up to see where it had come from, he definitely didn't recognize the face. He paused, waiting for the guy to jog up to him, noting how freezing he must be in his logger boots and military jacket. He also wasn't wearing a hat or a scarf. His cheeks and nose were red with cold, but his eyes and smile were bright. You're Caleb? I saw the lift driving up and down, and I thought I'd see if you'd split it with me. Caleb probably should have taken a moment to consider this. Complete stranger, two if you count the lift driver, in a small space just trusting them to get him home safe. But it was fucking cold, so without hesitating, Caleb said sure and swung the door open so the guy could hop inside. He looked startled, like he didn't think it would be that easy to get Caleb to agree to share the ride. But it was really fucking cold, so he hopped in with only a few seconds of pause. Caleb climbed in after him, slamming the door firmly behind him and breathing on his hands. He only half-registered the kid boy, student, next to him and the words of gratitude he was spilling. They had a brief confusion, wondering if they should take Caleb or the other boy home first, but Caleb insisted that because he lived farther, he would get dropped off second, despite the fact that this was his lift. 
The guy kept thanking him, his voice bright like his smile, though rich and warm too. Like a candle rather than a camera flash. Enduring and endearing. Caleb looked at him. Really looked at him for the first time. His bright smile was framed by pink lips and five o'clock shadow. The color of his beard more red than the dull golden color of his hair. His ears sticking out a bit away from his head. He had a long nose and an absolute galaxy of freckles spread across and over his cheeks. The freckles brought Caleb right up to his eyes, crinkled with his smile, his crow's feet extending towards his temples. The color of his eyes. Caleb hadn't even realized he was saving them for last. They were a brilliant green, both warm and clear, like a pond or a cup of China green tea. China green tea. Warm. Bright. Green. Freckles. The setup. Rustic, tall, attractive man runs to intercept a scruffy college student wearing a dirty trench coat over top of his hoodie that had seen better days and a bad case of bedhead despite the fact that it was 5.30 in the afternoon. He asks if he can share the lift, but no, that wasn't right. The guy was also kind of scruffy in a friendly neighborhood dog kind of way. He looked like his name would be Michael or Harley, and he wouldn't hate you if you called him Mikey. He wasn't uppity, but still there were differences. Him with his expressive eyes and voice rich like kind words cost him nothing. And Caleb with his stonewall look and hands that wouldn't unclench against his thighs. But the guy had approached Caleb anyway. That was a hook. But no, it was just cold. The only thing noteworthy about Caleb at that moment was that he had a warm car he might have been willing to share. Caleb could see how this would play out. Michael would sit beside him in the back seat, Caleb trying to make attempts at friendly conversation despite his awkwardness. And then they'd get to his destination. Michael would probably offer Caleb a few bucks. He seemed like the type. And then Caleb would never see him again. He'd probably never even learn his real name. All of this, this whole scenario Caleb had concocted, was imagined in the second between one word of thanks and the next. The guy with the green eyes was still smiling and looking at Caleb like Caleb had given him the moon instead of a ride. Maybe this time. Hi, Caleb interrupted, sticking out his hand stiffly. I'm Caleb. The guy laughed, not seeming at all put off by Caleb's sudden and rude introduction. <laughs> yeah, Caleb, I know. But he grasped Caleb's hand tight in his. I'm Sean. Sean. That was way better than what Caleb had come up with. Caleb smiled without thinking about it, and Sean smiled bigger, his cheeks pulling up towards his ears. He was rather fond of Sean's ears. By the end of the ride, Caleb did have a few bucks, but he also had a number under the name Sean in his phone. He'd wait to blog about it until after their first date. Thank you for listening to A Story Most Queer. Today's story was You Had Me at Hello, written by Jess Maggio and read by Josh Whitkey. This episode was edited by Leah Cornish. Our outro music is Round Daytime by Paratune. If you like the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can follow us on social. We are A Story Most Queer on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
If you would like to submit a story, head over to astorymostqueer.mischiefmedia.com to read over our FAQs and fill out the form. Remember to check out our Patreon community. You can join us at patreon.com slash makingmischief. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week for another Story Most Queer.